everyone. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And this week, we are going to be talking about the one and only, the prequel to Queen's Shadow, Queen's Peril. Oh boy. I hope you guys are ready. Uh, But first things first, so we did take last week off um, just because of everything that's been going on lately. And I did want to take a minute and say, like, even though, like, the protests and everything have kind of disappeared a little bit from the news and from social media. Like, please still be educating yourself. Please be yeah. signing petitions. Please keep donating. I'm going to put the master list of links um, in the description of this podcast episode. Just please check that stuff out because, like, this is really important and, like, it, it's not over. Like, it, it's very far from over. Yeah, and both of us have been really trying to educate both like ourselves on Black Lives Matter and educating ourselves on on listening to podcasts and books. And both of us have put a bunch of holds on library books that we're gonna like consume in the next little while. But it's like this fight is never over. We gotta continue to educate ourselves and like and stand up for what's right. Yeah, exactly. And if you're looking for like things to listen to or read or anything, like we've been posting a lot of stuff like on yeah. our Instagram stories and all that. Um, I just read The Sun is Also a Star, which you've got on hold. Actually, I'm off hold now, but I'll so I'll be reading Ooh. that when ball- when I finish Ballad. But yeah. Yes. It was very good. I'm excited to watch the movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm reading Dear Martin right now. Oh, which- I have a hold <gasps> on that one. It's very good. <laughs> it's, um, like, I was kind of shocked. It's very provocative, and I, I really I really like that. And both of those are by um, African-American women, uh, so that's super, super awesome. Not only has all of this been going on, but it is also now June, which means it is Pride Month. Um, in celebration of that, we are going to have some Pride Month celebration merch um, on our Tee Public shop. And all of the proceeds that we make from that are going to be donated back into um, Black Lives Matter LGBT groups. Um, yeah. So if you're interested in that, right now we've got a um, rainbow Leia, so it's our logo, but with like the rainbow in the background. Um, and we might have a couple more as the month goes on. So I hope you guys really enjoy that. Uh, and then also, please send us your stories. Uh, we still want to hear from you guys. If you, I know that like right now, Star Wars is like not on the forefront of anybody's mind. Please feel free to use lipstick and lightsabers to just let your voice be heard. Like if you want mm-hmm. to talk about something, talk about it. Like we want you guys to use this platform to be able to talk about the things that are on your mind and to like get your yeah. voices out there and like get your stories out there. And I think it's important to mention that if you want to talk about ways that you think Lucasfilm could improve representation like that's that we would love that too and we would love to showcase that but with that um let's go ahead and get into the news so um the High Republic novels uh Project Luminous has been pushed back and is now going to be starting in January that is not the only set of books that have gotten a new release date because the new Thrawn series is also going to be starting a month early I can't say that I care about the Thrawn series. <laughs> <laughs> I I wasn't going to talk about this, but I do want to say this. So on my Thrawn videos on my YouTube channel, somebody told me that like the Thrawn books are not made for me. And so like, of course, I wouldn't like them. And like, yeah, no, I don't like Thrawn. But I do know a lot of people who do like Thrawn. And I'm excited that you're excited. I might still try to read Chaos Rising. Audiobook. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They the premise of those kind of intrigue me, but like Thrawn is just not for yeah. me, and Timothy Zahn's writing is just not for me. But I think the only Thrawn story that I'm really interested in at this point is like where did him and Ezra go? Oh, a hundred percent. Like that is what I want, but I don't want Timothy Zahn to write it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's now coming out on September first, and then for High Republic, a uh, Light of the Jedi will be coming out January fifth. A Test of Courage on January 5th as well, and then Into the Dark on February 2nd. So we do have to wait a little while for the next Claudio Gray book, which does make me sad. Yeah. Well, we can always reread some of her for other, her other books. Uh, 100%. I've kind of been wanting to reread um, Master and Apprentice or Bloodline yeah. again. Those are just so good. Master and Apprentice, I have to say, it's better on reread. Good. I yeah. haven't reread it since 
I read it initially, mm-hmm. so I, I'd like I, to read it. Again. I audio booked it the second time, but yeah, I really, I really love that book. So we've also had two new episodes of the gallery. Is there going to be eight episodes, or is this it? Eight. Do you know? I think eight. Eight. Okay. So so we'll talk about the last two next time. Um, but we had episode five on the practical effects and episode six on the process. Episode five was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of Baby Yoda. <laughs> well, even just being in the volume. Yeah. Oh, God. Just, I love learning about the show because, like, and we've talked about it before, but, like, the amount of care that went into it, like, the process, like, they did everything in, like, previs before they even shot it. Yeah. Like, they were spending, like, months making sure it was going to look perfect when they actually shot it. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I love how planned it was. Like, yeah. my Virgo brain was like, yes. It, like, it takes away some of the, I guess, the creativity on spot, but then also there aren't really as many surprises that you could run into if you already do it in, in previs. Yeah. Well, and, like, they were even talking about, like, the blend between, like, you know, um, Rick worked on, like, indie movies, Mm -hmm. and then Deborah worked on TV, and Jon Favreau has done, like, bigger movies, and, like, him and Taika Waititi have done, like, Marvel, and then with Jon having that background in animation, like, it really does sound like they kind of used all of their know-how to make it work. Like, I I really love that. I I don't know how the season two directors are going to be like if they're going to feel like this collaborative group like <laughs> season one does but just mm-hmm. the way they they just bounce ideas off of each other and like we even saw that some of the directors were second unit on each other's episodes yeah and i'm just like this is like this is the way we we make successful storytelling with having like this collaborative effort by just like different people from different walks of life. Yeah, like they they were all collaborating and like all of them had the same goal and it said they wanted to make this like the best that they could. Yeah, and they did. Yes. <laughs> oh, so good. I stand every time I watch it <laughs> and they get that to that director roundtable, mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there just like Ah, tell me more. (laughs) Okay, so with that, I think it is time to talk about Queen's Peril. So this is the prequel to Queen's Shadow, which was a novel that came out last year. Um, In Queen's Shadow, it was about Padme's time when she first became a senator. And in Queen's Peril, this is following Padme from when she is elected as Queen of Naboo to after the events of The Phantom Menace. So, like, The Phantom Menace is going to end, and then where shall she go from here? This was written by dear old E.K. Johnston. So, first of all, what are your thoughts on this book, Alex? (laughs) Okay. I didn't hate the book. It wasn't necessarily badly written. I think that plot-wise, it was a bit of a mess. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely um, liked Shadow better. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think that with Queen's Shadow, it was a pretty solid book until the yeah. end. Um, and, like, the problem with the end is that, like, E.K. didn't foreshadow enough. And to me, it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. And I do think with Queen's Peril, she tried to foreshadow more because, like, the peril, like, the the big conflict in this book is the Phantom Menace. Um, and I think she did try to foreshadow it more, but it still felt like a mess. And it made the whole book feel kind of messy instead of just the end. Yeah. I think that as a whole, and, like, we're going to talk about this, like, it's not a bad book. It, it's kind of fun. Like, there's one scene mm-hmm. in particular that's pretty fun. But, like, we just, it's time for a better Padme story. A more um, mature Padme story. Yeah. Because, like, this was, like, even a step backwards. Because, Queen, like, these are both young adult novels, but I would say that they definitely skew much younger, like, closer to middle grade. I think this one felt more middle grade than Shadow, though. I, yeah. Oh, I mean, she's only 14. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... It, it went backwards from, like, Padme kind of coming yeah. into being, like, a young adult to Padme being a kid. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that E.K., like, 
it was this weird feeling that she like wasn't embracing like how young Padme was because yeah. sometimes we would get like a glimpse of like oh these are just like young teenage girls yeah. but then other times they were like it's like are they these just, like <laughs> adult women like what is going on <laughs> yeah it, it didn't feel like she really utilized the fact that they were so young it just felt like kind of like yeah. an afterthought yeah, and I think this discussion is going to be a little bit different than our normal book discussions. Usually we really uh, dig deep into, like, themes and and the plot and everything and what it means for the characters. But I think that this book doesn't have as much depth as a lot of other books do. So it's going to be more of a discussion on how Padme is handled as a character, especially since the Disney acquisition. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the place that I would like to start with this book um, is actually The Handmaidens. Mm-hmm. So I did like that, as opposed to Queen Shadow, we get to learn a lot more about, like, the original Handmaidens. Yeah. Um, we do get to see, like, how they were recruited and, like, that kind of stuff. Um, whereas in the first one, we were kind of more introduced to, like, her new set of Handmaidens. Um, so what did you think of these girls, like, kind of as a whole. Oh, and, like, they felt very individual, which I really, really mm-hmm. liked. Um, they each got their own little chapter where Panaka, like, picks them out, basically. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of, like, breaks from the rest of the story, which was nice. Um, I enjoyed those chapters a lot, actually. I, I liked that you could kind of relate to, so, like, in Queen's Shadow, you learn, like, where they're going after, like, so, like, Padme's not the queen anymore, so, like, they're gonna have new jobs, too. So I did like that you could kind of, like, relate to, like, oh, like, this is the one who is going to, like, become a senator, too, or, like, this is the one who is going to, like, do some scientific advancements. Like, that was kind of fun. Um, I did like learning a lot more about Sabe. Um, yeah. Sabin, I think, is how you say her real name. Um, she's, like, the girl who was always second best, and apparently, like, that's why she was chosen, because she is never the best, she's never the one in the spotlight. She's always gonna come second, like, she is never the priority. Yeah, and I I really do wish that, like, this book could have dug into that a little bit more. Yeah. um, Because there's a lot of potential for, like, drama there, especially, like, with her being in Padme's shadow. I'd love to, like, I would have loved to hear more about what Sabe thinks about herself always being second. Like, her her interior thoughts. Like, I know by the end of the book, she kind of puts that aside and tells Padme that, like, she will always, like, come first and she really dedicates herself to Padme, but I would have liked along the book, like, Sabe's journey to be her, like, confronting that, that 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 was, like, what, where she was going and how she felt about that. Yeah, I I felt like we got a lot more characterization in Queen's Shadow because it it was kind of showing that with, like, um, Sabe and Padme and, like, it is about Padme being in the Queen's shadow, but, like, Sabe is also, like, in Padme's shadow and that kind of thing. I think in Queen's Peril, we get, like, we're, we're told these things, but we don't get to, like, really live with it a whole lot. Because, yeah, I would have loved to see, like, Sabe kind of dealing with the fact that, like, she's not the best. And we do learn that, like, Naboo is pretty much, like, a planet full of child prodigies. Like, all of these children are, like, very smart and very talented. And Sabe is not, like, the best of the best. Like, that's, like, her whole thing. But she's the second best of all the children prodigies. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, can't you see? Like, there'd be so much, like, frustration there that we Mm could have, like, kind of dug into. Um, I think one of the reasons that we don't get to do that is because this book is torn between wanting to tell that type of story, but then also retelling The Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think The Phantom Menace kind of gets in the way of that. Yeah. So as far as the other handmaidens go, um, Rabe can pick locks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's her thing. She picks locks. Uh, Yane, I don't really know what she does, but she's the mom. And, yeah. and Irite was the tech girl. And Sashe was 12 years old She's and gets 12. her period for the first yeah. time. <laughs> we'll get back. We'll get to that later. Yeah. I I did like um, 
the awkward teenage love between mm-hmm. Sasha and Yane. That was I, pretty like, cute. It was really cute, but I was like, this is, they were so young. Like, at 12, I was not thinking about things like this. No. <laughs> well, I, I feel like they, so, like, Sasha is only 12. Yeah. And the way that she, like, her and Yane talk about their feelings, I was I'm like, like this, this is so is- mature. Like, I was yeah. not like this. <laughs> And like I guess you could say that it's like the new Nubu- the Nubu culture, yeah, but true. like there's no relatability to that. Mm-hmm. Like if I was a twelve year old reading this, I exactly. wouldn't have any relatability to that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I couldn't I wouldn't have related to that when I was twelve. So we also get to learn a lot more about like the political system on Naboo. I did enjoy learning about how, like, the queen is always anonymous. So, like, she always has to pick, like, a new name for herself. She is leaving her old identity behind. Like, she doesn't even get to interact with her family. And I thought it was interesting to think about, like, you know, Padme's only 14 years old, and she's going to have to leave behind everything that she knew. It's crazy. Like, imagine being 14 and, like, putting up this wall between you and your family, too. Yeah, and, like, even when she talks about, like, anything about her life, like, she has to sound, like, detached and, like, can't really, like, reference the fact that she has sisters and, like, all of this. Um, I do wish we could have played into that just a little bit more. Like, because leaving behind your family is, like, a really big deal. And it sounds like Padme is pretty close to her family. Yeah, and it seems like, to me, the transition into her, like, her um, election and everything was pretty smooth like she just like yeah (laughs) parted with them and that was that and it was like this is fine like I would have liked to see her struggle with that a little bit more and think more about when something difficult happens like think oh like you know in in this circumstance if if I could I would talk to my sister about it or I would talk to my mom about it but she just kind of is like bye yeah yeah And, and I also think that like the way she um interacts with, like, the girls once they're introduced, like, you do get a little bit of that, like, teenage, like, oh, we're young girls and, like, we're kind of on our own and we only have each other. You get a little bit of that, but not, like, a lot. It did remind me of how Leia acts in Leia, Princess of Alderaan, like, how she interacts with, like, her team in that, but Leia is also older. Mm -hmm. Leia has more of this, like, I guess, like, ice queen front than Padme does. Yeah. Which, it doesn't make, like, a, I, I don't understand how, like, Padme is so divorced from her emotions so easily. Yeah, I would have, I, I think that it, it, it that should have been a theme of this book, of her yeah. grappling with that. Yeah, because I do think in Queen Shadow, like, you see it a little bit of, like, nobody really knows who Padme is, like, not even Padme herself. But then, like, coming back, like, going backwards Mm -hmm. and kind of seeing that, like, you know, with Leia, it's the same thing. You have to put up this front because you're the leader and you're in charge, but you Mm -hmm. really get to see her deal with that. And Padme just doesn't really get a chance to do that. And I think Padme in Queen Shadow actually comes across as, like, she has more fun. She, like, does let loose a little bit more yeah um she she has fun like you you get like mentions of her like how thrilling it is to do the decoy maneuver and like things like that kind of show you like under it all she like is this fun person who like enjoys life like that where in queen's peril she's just like she's so uptight i guess yeah she feels like that detached queen even when she's Padme yeah I would say mm-hmm. um and that is something that like they kind of deal with in this book with her like so like her and Sabe kind of get into a little bit of a disagreement which we're almost to but she like doesn't know how to talk to her like handmaidens because she's like well do I talk to her as Padme as her friend but like I'm also her queen and blah 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 I would have loved to see her deal with that a little bit more yeah. and I also wish that like you know, in Queen's Shadow, she gets to talk to these, like, mentor figures, which was great. Like, she gets to talk to Brea and Mon Mothma. She doesn't have that in this book. Like, she's just like, all right, you're the queen now. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. It's like the adult in her life in this book is Panaka. Yeah. And he he does, like, treat her like a kid, but, like, only in that he's, like, trying to protect her. 
Like, nobody ever tries to tell her, like, how to do things or, like, give her advice. Like, they just assume that she knows what she's doing. Well, the other maidens will give her advice. There is a lot of mention that it was a very, like, decision-making was very collaborative amongst her and her handmaidens. Mm Mm-hmm. I I did like that, how um, Queen Amidala, like, was all of these girls. That's kind of, that's kind of cool. Like, it wasn't just, like, Padme in charge. Like, it was almost like a democracy, like, underneath this queen, like, within this democracy. It it was very layered and kind of cool. And, like, they talked about, like, all of them at some point might have had to be the queen. So they all kind of adapted themselves around knowing that. I did really like um, this line here at the beginning so like her dad is reflecting on the fact that like her daughter his daughter is gonna become the queen and like leave home and he he supports her but like he doesn't really want to let her go um he just wants her to be happy and he says being elected might make her happy but it would always be tied to something else she would give herself to Naboo's crown entirely even to the extent of forsaking her own name for the duration of her reign I just think it's like really interesting like the way he's thinking about that and then like with Padme like she's so willing to do this I do think you see that reflected in not only Leia but then also Ben Solo I think you can see echoes of him in that a little bit I don't understand how E.K. Johnston doesn't see the the Padme Kylo parallels because they are still just as obvious in this as they were in Queen Shadow yeah so why is Obi-Wan in this book I have no idea <laughs> Um, we get several little chapters from other points of view that have no reason to be there whatsoever. Because it's not like they're interacting with Padme. Yeah. They're just It's just taking time away from Padme. (laughs) Like, the Sidious ones kind of made sense. Yeah. And I did kind of like learning about, like, why Palpatine decided, like, we needed to you know, attack Naboo and, like, why he did it the way he did it. It was because, like, he was afraid that, like, Padme couldn't be controlled and, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, like, when it came to, like, Maul has, like, two chapters <laughs> for no reason. I mean, I love getting sad boy Maul. Oh, yeah, but, like, he it, it, it meant nothing yeah, in the end. Nothing comes from nothing. it. Yeah, it Yeah. There's a chapter even from, like, Yoda's point of view, talking to Mace. Yeah, that was really weird. That was strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, Sidious, the Sidious, I think, does fit because um, Palpatine Sidious does become Padme's rival. Yeah. So I think that really well, does make like, sense. He is a character that... He's a character in this book. I, mm-hmm. I would say, like, any of the Jedi are not actually yeah. characters in this book. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. But, like, we get chapters from Sidious's perspective, but then we also get chapters where people are talking to Palpatine. Yeah. So, like, it it still connects and makes sense. Um, I I did like getting the Obi-Wan chapter just because it confirms that him <laughs> and Satine had sex. Did it, though? It did. Oh, Listen here. Listen here. I'm going to... Open it up. What page is that 48. on? 48. Wow. I you have, have it underlined. Underlined. So, like, Obi-Wan is upset to be, like, looking at all these receipts and Qui-Gon's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> yeah. So, it says, at least that means we'll be less likely to get involved in labor in local labor disputes, Obi-Wan said, or kickstart unlikely romances with the local nobility. The rebuke in Qui-Gon's tone for Obi-Wan's choice of wording was unmistakable. Some things were too serious to be understated. Obi-Wan coughed and this changed <laughs> the subject. <laughs> like, when we got this chapter, I thought it was because... Later, when, like, Padme and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan meet up, Mm -hmm. I thought we were going to get, like, a scene of them, like, all talking together. No. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't (laughs) happen. (laughs) Um, I would have loved to see Obi-Wan try to start another romance. (laughs) It would have been great. (laughs) I guess he's a little old He's too old. He's an adult. No, no, no. Sad, sad. Yeah. That would have been a good ship. But it's fine. Like, just... Put on pause for a second. When are we getting the Obatine book? <laughs> Seriously, like I, 
I need this book. <laughs> like, I need air. And, and it has to end with Satine finding out that she's pregnant. This is what so, we like, need. Yeah. Is, um, Satine has, like, a brother or something? Is that who, like, ends up raising Corky? I think it's that... Or a cousin? I think they say that she has, like, a another sister. Okay. See, that's the thing. It's so ambiguous. <laughs> it's like, how, how does she have a nephew? Like, does she have, like... <laughs> so, what would you rather Claudia Gray be writing right now? Lost Stars 2 or the OB Teen book? I think the OB Teen book. Yeah. <laughs> because I think that, like, Lost Stars 2 is always, like, just, like, a reach away. Like, it, it'll, it'll happen. And, like, I... I can wait for that more. And, like, the Obatine book is such a question mark that it's like, no, like, I need that now. (laughs) Yes. And, honestly, uh, Claudia Gray is the only person I trust to write this right now. Well, especially, like, with Master and Apprentice, I think, like, she has a good grasp on Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, that era. So the Obatine novel would be a great sequel to Master and Apprentice. And this is what we want, Lucasfilm. (laughs) Please make it happen. (laughs) So, another little thing. Um, hoods are fashionable because of the handmaidens. Um, yeah, it became a trend on Naboo. Yeah, I love that. I love that, like, people were trying to emulate the handmaidens. Especially because, like, the whole reason they did the hoods was to, like, blend in. And then everybody's, like, doing that as well, which kind of makes it easier for them to blend in. And that's really fun. I kind of missed... There was a lot of fashion in Queen's Shadow, and I kind of missed all of that in this book. Mm-hmm. Definitely wasn't there. Yeah, you got it a little bit, but not nearly as much. I think it's time to talk about, like, the best part of the book. Periods in space. Periods in space. <laughs> so, like, a lot of this is going to be talking, we're going to be talking about chapter 13, which is the concert scene. But before that happens, uh, we learn that girls in Star Wars do in fact get periods because Sabe stands in for Padme because Padme has her period and has horrible cramps and can't get out of bed. Can you believe it's taken this long to mention a period in Star Wars? Yes. (laughs) Wow. I I love periods in fantasy. It's one of my favorite things about Throne of Glass, Sarah J. Moss. She always writes about periods. I'm sorry if this isn't what you came to this podcast for. Um, But it's just, it's so interesting. And then we get this thing about, like, taking suppressants. And my question is, do the suppressants, like, is it, like, birth control? Yeah, or is it, like, what is it? So, like, Satine was not on her suppressants when Obi-Wan was guarding her. (laughs) Nope. This is, see, like, all this book is, is just, like, a, it's a little facade where it's trying to tell you that (laughs) Corky is um, Obi-Wan's son. (laughs) It's all this book is doing. But we also learn that there is a blood alarm, which was hysterical to me. Yeah. And the way periods play out in this book, oh, man, it's so great. Yeah, so the blood alarm goes off once when one of the handmaidens gets pricked by a needle? Uh... The first time. Yeah. Yeah. And then it goes off again when it, it's Sashay, right? Who gets her yeah. period for the first time. Oh it's my so, God. oh man. So we got to set the scene here. So, like, up until this point, we've had pretty much just these girls, like, being in this royal environment. And they get invited by another, like, child ambassador um to a concert um technically sabe was invited because she has a crush on sabe but she said that she could invite her friends so everybody's going um i loved seeing them sneak out of the palace that was really fun especially because they use like the grappling guns Mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of like a fun tie-in but they go to this concert. It's like a rave. There are glow sticks and glitter. Yeah. And, like, Sabe is dancing with this girl. And, like, 
Padme is like, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. And it's just, oh, man. And, like, the reason that they get found out for, like, sneaking out, they get caught, is because Sashe gets her period and the blood alarm goes off. <laughs> Panaka bursts in. <laughs> it's like, what's happening? You're not Padme. <laughs> I wish this whole book was this scene. No, like, it's fun. The concert scene is really fun. And it should have been the tone of the entire book. Yeah, like, it, it was just, like, young girls, like, having fun mm-hmm. like this, and kind of, like, balancing This it. was more believable 14-year-olds. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought that was really fun. It felt very, um, like, Diary of a Future President yeah. to me. And I, I wish that this whole book had, like, embraced that tone. Yeah. Or, like, I, I had mentioned to you, like, this specific part of the book would have made a great IDW comic. Yeah, and I think, like, along those lines, so Queen's Peril, to me, takes up a weird amount of time, because Padme's elected, and then it seems like in no time at all, the Phantom Menace is suddenly happening, and I feel like if you could have, like, played with the timeline a little bit, we could have gotten, like, a series of comics of, like, what it was like to be, like, a a new queen, um, and that would have been really fun, but because of the time that this book occupies, like, it's just not going to happen, and it's kind of disappointing, because, like, this is where it really shines. I would have loved to see, like, misadventures with the handmaidens, like, them filling in for Padme, or just, like, random stuff happening, like, in the palace, um, because that's, like, to me, like, that should have been the point of telling this story. Yeah. Also, Padme gets covered in glitter And she at can't this get concert. it all. And she can't get it off. We so, all have been there. So then her, like, slicer handmaid has to, like, hack into the website of, like, the manufacturer of the glitter to find the secret ingredients, what it's made out of. <laughs> it felt like... I really um, love that detail. I was like, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> have you ever watched the show um, Totally Spies? Uh, no, but I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, that felt very totally spies to me. I really liked that. Because then she, like, develops this special makeup to, like, cover it up. <laughs> but she couldn't put it on her hands because it kept cracking. So, like, long story short, like, this is when Save has to be the queen for and the first time Padme in front of people. And almost gets kissed by a girl. Yes, because she meets back up with that senator that invited them in the hallway. And she thinks that she's Save and tries to kiss her. And Padme is like, Nope. <laughs> I, I really liked that Save is confirmed bisexual in this book. That was, was it really not great. before? I thought it was I in don't know. Queen Shadow. I, I yeah, think it, I think in Queen Shadow it was confirmed. I don't know if it was confirmed or if it was just like, oh yeah, and she's bisexual. Okay. I'm yeah, I sure. see what you mean. I, I liked, like in this book, we actually get to see her have a relationship with mm-hmm. another girl, which was really nice. Because like, there, there's something to be said about like, oh, yeah, this character is bisexual, but their relationship was with a man. Yeah, like, telling and not showing, basically. Yeah. But I did like that, like, there are two relationships in this book, and they were both girl on girl, and that mm-hmm. was really nice to see. Um, but, yeah, I wish, like, everything could have been about this concert scene, because I had a lot of fun reading that. Yeah. And then after that is when things kind of start to go downhill, because that's when we start to get more into... Yeah. The Phantom Menace. Well, up until this point, I would say that the book was really fluffy. Like, it was like, this is a fun book. Like, there's not Mm. much substance to it, but it's fun. Like, I'm having fun. Like, there's no, like, red flags in terms of, like, structure. Like, Mm. it was just fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, like, a fun, easy read. And, like, I would say the same thing for Queen's Shadow. Like, it, it was just, like, a fun read. And, like, I don't know why there's this problem with Ike where, like, suddenly she has to, like, throw this plot and conflict in, and it gets really messy. The back end of this book really is, like, a retelling of The Phantom Menace, but... It's not, though. It's it, it's missing so many important scenes. Yeah, so, like, imagine you... So, Ike ended up adding scenes into The Phantom Menace timeline. So a lot of scenes of, like, um, Kanaka and the Handmaidens, what they are doing during The Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is most of this book 
actually skip some really um, important Phantom Menace scenes. So, yes, if you know the Phantom Menace really well, like, you can fill in those gaps. But even if you do know the Phantom Menace well, it reads just so clunky because you're just skipping complete scenes. And, and it's like, one scene will be, like, before they go do something and then the next chapter will be them reacting to what just happened and you have like no context yeah like i fully expected this book to like have a scene from padme's perspective of her doing the act of no confidence yeah. i expected to see her confronting the gun guns but then like, you just see her and sabe like um discussing her in the senate like how like how it went and you're like oh okay it happened so i have to fill that in in my head and it felt so weird to me because like i've seen the phantom menace you've seen the phantom menace but like as i was reading that i was like so why did she do this thing yeah why did it backfire like it it was it felt very strange and it, it feels weird to me because it makes me question like who is this book for because yeah. if it is for middle grade, like, or, like, 12 to 14-year-olds, like, how well do they know the Phantom Menace to know those fill-in scenes, too? Yeah, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Because, And especially for, like, if this, are, if this is supposed to be for, like, young girls who like Padme or, like, who might look up to Padme, like, I would want to see... Padme doing awesome stuff. Yeah. And, like, you, you, she skips all of the Padme scenes yeah. in The Phantom Menace. And it would, like, I mean, the vote of no confidence scene, like, the what, is that two or three pages extra to just yeah. add in? Yeah, this book is under 300 pages. Yeah. And it, it's it's really weird that, like, all mm-hmm. of The Phantom Menace happens. What, what I would have preferred is for this book to have ended right before the phantom menace yeah like so you get that like sense of doom and then like that's really great because if you have like a young reader who maybe has is like starting to get into star wars or like whatever then it could be like oh this book ends like right before this movie starts Mm -hmm. and now i'm gonna go watch that like yeah because because i would think assuming that that age group is probably really into the sequel trilogy Mm -hmm. and they might not especially now yeah they might not be first in the prequel so this would be like the perfect situation to get one of those people into the prequels is like give them this book and then them seeking out more but like the end of this book would just completely deter me from that yeah i i like i wouldn't want to read this book again and it didn't make me like want to read queen's shadow like i I don't think you could read this before reading queen's shadow Mm -hmm. Like, I, I said to you when I finished this book, like, this book is not rereadable. No, it, Like, it's you can really go not. and reread chapter 13 at the concert and have a little giggle, <laughs> but, like, besides that, there's yeah, not much it, it's there. Not. Oh, I also wanted to bring up, so, like, my copy, it said at the beginning, because it was, like, um, like a manuscript copy, it was, like, this isn't the final form, like, formatting issues might be a thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like... I would get to certain things and, like, it would skip. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's, like, missing a chunk of, like, a page. Like, the part with Anakin, you mean? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, because it did actually happen where, like, my book is missing um, the R2 scene, which is, like, a nothing scene. But it goes from, like, I don't even know what was happening beforehand. But then it, like, does a page break. And then it's like, Anakin really enjoyed flying. And then it goes back to the story. Oh, and, like, when I was reading, when I was I reading was, that, like, I was like, like, what? It's like, you need to be reading the page and then, like, pressing play on the Phantom Menace and then pausing and then reading yeah, and then playing like it. Like, I, I am happy that we didn't see Padme talk to Anakin just because I don't think yeah. EK could handle that yeah well there's that one line there's the one line about the angel basically (laughs) so weird she does give us some shmi scenes which was interesting but it wasn't enough like i i honestly this is what's so weird this book doesn't do a lot of things and yet it's doing too much like you could have had two separate books here where it was padme becoming the queen and then the Phantom Menace, but from Padme's perspective. 
Like, I would read both of those books, but then cramming them into one, it, you just lose everything. So I think we just need, we need to discuss, like... Yeah, let's, let's discuss. So, um, Alex put in some awesome questions. We're going to kind of talk about this. We, we've been talking about it a little bit, but is there a need for more Padme content? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to think of... So we have Queen's Peril and Queen's Shadow. Have there been comics? Yeah, really? so there was, you know, the Age of Republic. Mm-hmm. She got a comic in the Heroes one. But that's it. I believe so. Am I mistaken? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't buy those ones, but I, I think I got them from the library. And then she's in the second Thrawn book. She is in the second Thrawn book. She yeah. is in... There might be some Clone Wars stuff. Um, well, yeah. Obviously she, does, obviously, she does play a big part in Clone Wars. Yeah. But, like, the way I think about it is, like, we have a ton of, like, Luke stories and Han stories and, like, Darth mm-hmm. Vader and, like, all this kind of stuff. And, like, Padme plays, like, a really pivotal role in the creation of the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. A lot of those scenes were cut out, but I don't think they're not canon. I think it's still yeah. canon. Oh, she is in Phantom Menace in the epilogue. Not Phantom Menace, in Master and Apprentice. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. And she's like, obviously she's in the Vader comics, but that's like her, like, kind of like a ghost of her. It's an idealized. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fantasy. There, we don't really get Padme's perspective enough. Like, we do have these two books. I do think, like, not a lot of people like, not a lot of people like um, Queen Shadow, but I, I do think that was a good step in the right direction. Yeah. And I wish we could have gotten, like, more of that. I would love to see, like, Padme being a senator, and, like, I would love to get, like, an Attack of the Clones era Padme book that's, like, more adult-focused and, like, her dealing with everything going on and, like, her and Anakin's relationship. Like, that would be so interesting to get into. And, like, that's not even to say, like... You know, she was still doing stuff in the Revenge of, in Revenge of the mm-hmm. Sith that we don't get to see. Well, um, I was going to say, like, you know the um, the new original trilogy novelizations where you get, like, especially, like, Alex Bracken's version of Me New Hope, you get a lot more, like, Leia point of view. Mm-hmm. Like, if they were to do that, but with the prequels. Yeah, that would be great. And get more Padme in- into those, that would be really awesome. Yeah, and, and I definitely think they need to do different age ranges, because yeah. like, as of right now, it's only YA, but I think that Star Wars doesn't really understand their age groups all that much, um, so I would love to see like a more adult-targeted Padme novel, Yeah, because there are so many women who mm-hmm. love Padme already. And, like, yeah, like, introduce young girls to Padme, but, like, there might be, you know, women, like, our age who, like, yeah. might just be getting into it and want to read something, like, a little bit heavier yeah. about Padme. And, like, look at how much love the book Bloodline gets. Yeah. You get something like that, like, obviously Padme, like, is young, would be a lot younger, but, like, you could get that, like, intrigue and that, like, maturity that Bloodline has into a Padme book. Well, and, like, that's the thing, like, if you told... You could get, like, a Bloodline-esque book by doing Revenge of the Sith, but from Padme's perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be really cool to see. Like, we, yeah. you'd get those conversations with Bale, and, mm-hmm. like, you would get to see, like, I, I, her point of view is so fascinating when it comes to, like, the fall of the Republic, and I would just, I'd like to see it. I, I would really like to see it. So, this kind of plays on that a little bit, um, how do we feel Lucasfilm has been handling Padme as a character since the Disney acquisition? They haven't done that much. No. <laughs> like, I remember when they announced Queen Shadow, everyone was so excited. And at that point, Queen Shadow came out in 2019. Like, it took them that many years to get any, like, exclusive Padme content. Yeah, it took a long time. And, and, like, I'll say this again, like, I would love, like, a comic series that's just, like, misadventures about her being Queen of Naboo. I would love, like, you know, Queen Shadow set up, like, a Sabe book. I would love mm-hmm. to get that as well, because you're going to get, like, with that, there's potential for, like, Padme flashbacks and, like, 
her reflecting yeah. on Padme. We we don't really get a lot from people who knew Padme either. And Sabe would be perfect. Oh yeah. And like I I I've, I said to you that uh, I said this to you like off air, but I have like a weird conspiracy theory about Queen's Peril because when you read Queen Shadow, like your automatic like sequel to that is a Sabe post Revenge of the Sith book, mm-hmm. and I'm like. That's what I would assume would happen next, but instead they went for this prequel and they took some steps back, and they also repeated a lot of Phantom Menace timeline. And it's it's been like a year since Shadow came out, so it's been no time at all. And it feels like they peril. There was less stake on it, less research that needed to be done. They could get this book out quickly because Shadow was just so like successful that they they knew that they could make money off a book like this and not necessarily have to do as much heavy lifting as they would for a Sabe book. Yeah, and I did see a tweet where somebody was like, you know, are there going to be more? And somebody's like, well, if you, you know, buy enough books or, like, if people want it. And so, like, my question (sighs) is, if you don't, so, like, if you don't do a Sabe book, like, you, that's not the direction you go in. We get another Padme book from E.K. Johnston. What would that even be about it would be, at this point? It would probably be during Clone Wars or something. Which I just don't think E.K. should is, write. No, because she, Cause she doesn't know how to do the tone. That's going to be an Annie Dalla book. Yeah, and she is not an Annie Dalla, <laughs> which is a little bit weird. I, I don't get it. And I think that they, with Queen's Peril, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner because there was so, there's so much potential for, like, telling more stories about the Handmaidens. But because they tread so much ground in Phantom Menace, like, I don't know what else they could do. Like, she's still queen for a while longer before Queen's Shadow, but, like, what story are you going to tell when, like, this is the kind of story that you've already given us? Like, I, Mm -hmm. I just don't see the creativity being there yeah so we've only seen ek johnston write her um timothy zahn did write her briefly claudia gray wrote her briefly um is there is this a good thing or a bad thing and you know we've seen leia written by a lot more authors so why do you think that is I don't know why it is, but I I think that Leia has really benefited from being written by different authors. We both agree that there's been better characterizations of Leia and and not so good ones. But for the most part, I think they've been really good and they felt pretty consistent along different authors. Like, I think Claudia Gray does a great job writing her. Rebecca Roanhorse does a great job writing her. Um... Uh, what's his Chuck name? Wendig. Chuck Wendig. Uh, Daniel Jose Older does a really good job writing her. But I don't know why Padme is kind of given to one person. Yeah. I, I mean, like, you can say that, like, Claudia Gray writes, like, the Padme, or the, the Leia books. Like, she wrote mm-hmm. Bloodline. She wrote Princess of Alderaan. Um, you could say that, like, yeah. Queen... I mean, Queen Shadow is Padme's Princess of Alderaan, basically. Yeah. Um, so, like, you could say that, like, they have kind of delegated authors to that. But I, I think, you know, Claudia Gray has gotten to write... Pa- um, see, now I'm mixing them up. Claudia Gray has gotten to write Leia at different points in her life. Um, like, vastly yeah. different points but in her life. But that's because she has a longer, like, lifespan than Padme also. Which, which is true, but, like, it's, I think it's ridiculous to say that, like, you know, if you wrote Princess of Alderaan Leia, but then you went and then wrote, like, a New Hope Leia, that they'd be the same. Um, like, that's not what would happen. But, like, with E.K., I feel like she writes the same Padme. Like, she, yeah. she doesn't go on any kind of, um, like, arc in Queen's Peril. Um, she goes on an arc, I would say, in Queen's Shadow, but, like, then we stepped backwards and she still didn't really do any growing, um, which is just a little bit weird. I don't know why E.K. is the one doing it, either. Who would you like to see write Padme? I mean, I think Claudia Gray is, like, an obvious... Is an obvious one. Um, out of people that have already, like, kind of been around, I don't know... I mean, we have our favorite authors. Our favorites are Claudia and Christy. I, yeah. 
I think Christy would write a really good, um, like, Revenge of the Sith era Padme. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. And I think Claudia has the potential. Like, Claudia could write, she she can do young adult and she can do adult as well. I would, that's where I would like to see, um, like, a angsty um, Attack of the Clones, like, at the lake house type book. I feel like there's a, there's story to be told there for sure. So I think that basically covers it. Do you have anything else you want to no. talk about with Queen's Peril? No. <laughs> um, overall, like I, I gave this book, I think like three stars on Goodreads. It's not a bad read. Like it's definitely not a bad read, but mm-hmm. it, I don't know why this book exists. There's not really yeah. like a point. Like I said, I think that Shadow sold a lot of books. It was really successful. There's a lot of buzz about it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I I wish that they would have waited and really given us something, like, really special. Um, Because as is, it's just really nothing, which is Mm -hmm. disappointing, for sure. But next time, we are going to be talking about another book. Uh, We did mention Christy Golden. We have mentioned our um, thirst for Obi-Wan romance. (laughs) He has a ship in that book. (laughs) I guess. So uh, next time we're going to be talking about Dark Disciple. Yeah, we're going to go back and cover a book, one of our favorites that we have not visited in a long time and we've never talked about, never given it its time on the podcast. Yes. Others have talked about Dark Disciple before. Um, that's actually how I heard about it. I think it was on either Meta Machina or Scavenger Sword. It's a great book. It's unaired episodes of The Clone Wars. It's all about Ventress and Voss and their forbidden romance. There's a ball scene. There's fancy dresses. There's uh, angst. Like, it's just like, I, like forbidden romance in Star Wars is just like so good. Yes, I I love a Jedi falling in love, and especially with a villain. Ah, oh, yes, just icing on the cake. It's such a good read. If you haven't read it, um, we would love for you guys to read along with us. Um, if you have read it, we would also love to know your thoughts, because it is, it's something. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but that'll be for next time. Just a reminder again, guys, we do still want to hear your Star Wars stories, so please be sending those in. You can email us at lipsticklightsabers1901 at gmail.com. Um, we're also always online, pretty much. Um, on Twitter, we are at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon, and Alex is at Alex Leonis. I think that is going to do it for this episode, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.